in the altcoin season, if you are not searching for crypto gems on KuCoin, you're doing it wrong. As the home of altcoins, KuCoin is offering over 600 tradable coins. Whether you are a beginner or professional trader, you can always find a good product fit on KuCoin, ranging from earning products with passive income to derivatives trading with up to 100 times leverage. Sign up today to find the next crypto gem in DeFi, GameFi, NFT, and Metaverse. Join us with 10 million global investors and claim your $500 welcome bonus now. Welcome to KuCoin. It's K-U-C-O-I-N. Sign up to get a 500 USDT welcome bonus. Welcome to the CoinGecko Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Young. Each week, we'll be interviewing someone from the blockchain industry to learn more about this fast-moving cryptocurrency economy. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The CoinGecko Podcast is produced each week to help you stay ahead of the curve. Show notes can be found at podcast.coingecko.com. I highly encourage you to join our newsletter where we send out top news in the crypto industry every Monday to Friday. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter and Telegram at CoinGecko. Hello everyone, my name is Ben and as usual, I'm the host of today's podcast. Today, we have one of the OG DeFi protocols. His name is Sarang Parik, one of the core developers at Sushi. Welcome to the show, Sarang. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you on board. So as usual before, I always like to start with asking our guests about themselves and how they go into crypto. So yeah, how did you get into crypto? Yeah, so hello everyone to whoever's listening. Uh, I am Saran and I currently work as a co-developer in the SushiSwap team, mainly handling the smart contracts and the product research. So like just from the start, I love to break stuff, which basically kind of translated to breaking stuff on the web. And that got me into cybersecurity and crypto was very innate transition for me because uh, it borrowed a lot of concepts from the cybersecurity industry. And it was uh, during my undergraduate that I got an opportunity to work at Consensus as an intern, where I learned a lot about smart contracts development and, you know, uh, the security side of it. So I actually got into from the smart contract security, and then I ventured more on the development side as well. And after graduating in 2020, during the COVID era, uh, I started working on a smart contract wallet app, which basically uh was like an l2 first smart contract wallet which allows you to you know kind of batch and do multiple transactions together making the ux much more friendly having you know uh social recovery via guardians and stuff like that and I, i'm a huge hackathon fanatic so uh, i love to go to hacks and you know like kind of make these uh useless but cool sounding projects and it was actually one of these hackathons that sushi recruited me so that's how I ended up working at Sushi. So I'm pretty sure uh, most of our listeners might be familiar with Sushi Swap. But for those who are not, could you just elaborate and share what Sushi Swap is about? Oh, yes, for sure. So Sushi Swap is basically a decentralized exchange. It's an automated market maker. It started off as a fork of Uniswap, 
so Uniswap is also again like a DEX and a market maker, an automated market maker. And uh, the core innovation of Sushi that time was the vampire attack. So people could basically provide liquidity and stake to get like tokens. So uh, we kind of did a vampire attack on Uniswap, but we have come a very, very long way from that. So we are not just a DEX and an AMM protocol anymore. We are a lending borrowing protocol. We are a token launch pad. Uh, we are a streaming and investing protocol. We have a limit order protocol. We obviously have, you know, different kinds of farms and staking. We also have launched an NFT protocol and we are, we are also launching, you know, kind of like relaunching it with more and upgraded and cool stuff. So we do all these kind of, you know, like uh, various things, which basically uh, come up as this uh, DeFi loop. So we have all these uh, DeFi, DeFi core products that can be, you know, intervene with each other and provide better user experience. Yeah, I, you mentioned Loop because the first thing that comes to mind was actually Loop Finance on Terra <laughs> previously, which is oh my pretty God. much what they're trying to be, a one-stop shop for DeFi, right? I guess that's what yeah. Sushi is going for right now. Exactly. So Sushi is giving uh, the users a wholesome experience whenever they want to use DeFi. So from, you know, like AMMs to lending and mm -hmm. borrowing, uh, we kind of, as you said, provide like one-stop shop for everything in DeFi. So the topic of today, like the reason why we brought you on was actually to talk a little bit more about uh, one of your latest products, which is Sushi X Swap. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing correctly. Hopefully no, I am. But It's actually uh, Sushi Cross Swaps, but yeah. Sushi Cross sushi. Swap. Yeah, see, <laughs> I, I knew I, I wasn't getting it right. Yeah, so what is Sushi Cross Swap? So yeah, Sushi Cross Swap is basically... Uh, a new product launched by Sushi because what we observed is like Sushi is deployed on like a lot of different chains and we observed that it is basically a trouble for our users to uh, you know kind of like use these bridges go to these different bridge websites and you know bridge then come back to Sushi and you know kind of uh, do a swap again so what we observed is if we can do something to make this much more uh, UX friendly where users just select the chains uh, select the asset on these different chains and just hit on swap and they get you know kind of the asset that they want on another chain like back then it sounded like much more magical uh, uh, before we created it now it's just like oh it's it's so obvious and back then it was like so much of uh, hassle for the user to do this so the main idea was to reduce the number of steps that the user have to perform when they basically want to do cross-chain swaps and get their assets on a different chain so sushi cross swaps or sushi x swap uh, allows you to do that so you can select any chain that uh, we support for sushi x swap you can select the asset and you can just hit swap and it would swap your asset from the one chain and give you the other asset on the other chain. Yeah, you know, that is really cool because, you know, for the longest time, everyone has been using bridges like you mentioned. Uh, anyone who ever used bridge, you know, might get lazy, even though they know there is this uh, lucrative DeFi farm on some random chain and you kind of want to get there, but mm -hmm. uh, it's too, too much of a hassle. But, you know, hopefully we've, I think the big idea behind this is, you know, to ease the way we move assets around. Exactly. And Sushi XWAP is just the start. Like we have a huge number of products that are coming up, which will have these kind of capabilities. We can, we can talk about it more deeper in the podcast. For sure. 
Well, when we get there, we'll get there. Don't worry. Uh, I kind of want to dive in in this sushi cross swap because a few weeks back, we actually had the bridge who are building their own native cross uh, swap protocol as well. But from what I understand, sushi cross swap is uh, building on top of layer zero. Uh, could you share a little bit about uh, what layer yes. zero is and why, you know, why layer zero? Yep. So basically layer zero is a cross chain messaging protocol. Uh, so we are not directly building on top of it. We are building on top of Stargate, which is Sorry. built upon layer zero. And mm-hmm. Stargate is a bridging protocol, which is built upon the cross-chain messaging aspect of layer zero. So if you look at bridges, uh, uh, it, it's just basically cross-chain communication, right? So layer zero is the part which enables the cross-chain communication. And then Stargate is the uh, is the other side which enables the uh, bridging and, you know, like that's the bridge innovation part where layer zero is the communication part. All right. And no, why why did you pick layer zero and or Stargate? You know, why not build your own bridge or why rely on something else? Yeah, I mean, like first reason why we did not build a bridge because we did not have the in-house expertise to build a bridge mm-hmm. and we did not want it to build a bridge that gets hacked. You know, so <laughs> uh, that's, that's like first main reason why we did not build a bridge ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. There are like like multiple reasons why we decided to go for like layer zero uh, mm-hmm. to start with. Like, let's understand how like layer zero works a bit. So if you look at layer zero, right, uh, the model is quite simple uh, when it comes. So it basically has the, an oracle and a relayer and an oracle basically says that uh, if a user submits a transaction, is the transaction is valid that the relayer has posted, and if this checks out, uh, basically you know the transaction is valid mm-hmm. and the message is delivered. So that's the cross-chain messaging part uh, of layer zero. I think currently they use Chainlink as an oracle, which is mm-hmm. uh, supposedly like kind of you know very very safe, and everybody in the DeFi industry just uses Chainlink, right? So uh, that's that was like one of the reasons. And if if the layer zero system has to hack the relayer and the uh, oracle have to basically collude uh, which yep. like if you read in the white paper they uh, talk in detail about so uh, probably if somebody wants to read more they can read on that and mm-hmm. then one of the functionality that we needed for cross-chain swaps was something called as bridge and call so whenever you bridge the asset you also need to provide some extra data on the other mm-hmm. side to basically facilitate facilitate the swap so this was something that only layer zero had all, I mean like Stargate and layer zero offered at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we couldn't find any other bridge that used to do that. Even today, we just found like one other bridge which has this and there is no other bridge which supports it yet. We yep. do are in talks with other bridges which are building this in beta, but only as far as I know, there's just one more bridge and Stargate which has this in production at this point. And back then it was just Stargate. Uh, the other reason is like uh, the Stargate and Layer Zero guys were like <laughs> very amazing and they had been supportive of the SushiSwap community for a long. So mm-hmm. SushiSwap is a lot community-owned protocol rather than, you know, um, other kind of protocols that we have in uh, DeFi, which are much more VC-owned. SushiSwap has a very community it was attached to it. Uh, mm-hmm. That was another reason. Uh, then they had like an amazing uh, developer experience uh, on building on top of it. So their team was very, very responsive. Uh, so it kind of felt really amazing when we were building on top of it. And there are some other certain things as well. So like 
uh, one of the thing is like how does the bridge actually work right uh, yeah. so yeah. there is I was getting to that <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there are like different kinds of bridges like lock burn mint and a uh, lock mint and you know burn redeem kind of bridges or, yeah and wrap basically wrapping yeah. exactly uh, and then there are these native bridges which directly use the native assets so we wanted mm-hmm. to have like a native bridge because we do not want our users to be stuck with a uh, you know kind of a wrapper token on the other mm-hmm. side and they're waiting for the liquidity to be poured in because if you see yes. how cross chain swaps work right they should either be successful or they should be fail but the asset should be still delivered so the experience of cross chain swaps are either you will get your asset on the other chain or you will get like a stable coin on the other chain and from the ui you can continue the swap is if if the swap fails due to slippage or due to price impact uh, but mm-hmm. we do not want you to be stuck with a wrapper token that probably you'll have to you know kind of swap again <laughs> somehow going there and a lot of bridges that we are seeing are moving away from this and moving yep. towards native and then it was like you know kind of like instant finality bridge so that that was also one of the conditions that we were looking for so it kind of you know uh, was ticking all the boxes for us so yeah so uh from what i understand i i'm not a technical guy uh for like protocols like zero you know where the industry is moving towards to it's no longer about liquidity and you know lock wrapping a token it's more like to mint and burn so it's literally burning your token on one side and then reissuing it on the other side and making sure there's no double spend. Uh, is that what Layer Zero is trying to do? Because I was actually playing around with the Layer Zero NFTs last time, and this is what I understood and how it worked. So <laughs> that's how Layer Zero NFTs work. NFTs uh, work, right? Yeah. Not not this target bridge. So target okay. bridge, uh, native uh, asset bridge, which basically you know like doesn't have any wrapper token. So what I mean by mm-hmm. that is. Let's say I it will always when it bridges it will always give you the native asset. It will not give you some let's say wrapped Stargate USDC that Got you have it. to go and redeem. So one of the example would be like any swap. So if you look at any swap, and a lot mm-hmm. of times you will get any tokens if there is no liquidity and that you can swap later on. So uh, Stargate is a bit different where you will actually get the native asset always. And the way they do it is like is is very 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 interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. where they kind of you know have an algorithm called as delta solving algorithm uh, so they have written a white paper about it so you you like anybody who's interested can read more on top of it but in short uh, what they do is like they have like instant finality but they have like you know weights in the account so according to the yeah. weights and the liquidity you can only send up to like you know a specific amount on the other side so bridges built upon you know like this kind of uh, algorithm will support like native asset transfers through these mm-hmm. unified pools of liquidity which kind of guarantees instant finality so let's say if you have like an x amount of liquidity on a particular chain uh, they are kind of you know s- like kind of soft partition into like yep. different other chains that target supports so let's say if there are like three other chains or four other chains that target support so this $100 would be kind of you know uh, a portion of that would let's say let's say that $100 is like uh, x is like $100 so like say $20 would be reserved for one uh, another 30 would be reserved for another and then 50 would be reserved for another so these are you know kind of these mm-hmm. weights and uh, weights and soft partition that basically a uh, target has and it restricts you to swap 
more than what it could basically handle. So uh, native bridges has a problem where you know there can be like multiple swaps uh, to yeah. multiple bridges from together, and then you have like a lack of liquidity. Uh, so to avoid this, they carefully have designed this algorithm, uh, which is pretty good. And yeah, I mean, like uh, if you want to dive more, uh, you can look at the white paper. I think it's available on their uh, target finance docs, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thank you. I, I sort of get it. And this is where, like you said, the Oracle is have a very important role to make sure that, you know, there's no price manipulations and that kind of thing. So when you swap over an asset, uh, it's not, there's not there's nothing wrong with the swap. Yeah. So uh, Stargate doesn't allow basically swaps. They just uh, allow bridging on the same assets. Uh, mm -hmm. Sushi XWAP basically allows uh, to do a swap. The way Sushi XWAP works is like, let's say if you want to swap from uh, Arbitrum to Optimism and the mm -hmm. asset that you're swapping is from VET to Sushi. And let's say Stargate only supports USDC as a token that can be bridged though it supports more, but let's say in this case, we just say that Stargate just has like one token that you can mm -hmm. bridge is USDC. So what we essentially do is we take this width, we swap mm -hmm. it to USDC on the source chain. We mm -hmm. use Stargate to bridge it onto the optimism. And on the optimism, when we receive this USDC, we swap it to Sushi and deliver it to the user. I so, see. It, yeah. It's exactly like, you know, how... Uh, centralized payment systems like Coinbase do, you know, when you pay in Bitcoin, it automatically swaps it to USDC for usually the retail use users or like Shopify, those kind of products. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so again, like we basically do kind of, you know, uh, routing mm -hmm. here, seeing like because target supposed multiple asset, we see that, okay, what's the multi, uh, you know, like the, what's the best route to go forward? Should we go with USDC, USDT? Um, mm -hmm. you know, or like which asset we should go for. And then we basically kind of, you know, do best routing on the source and the destination chain as well. So yeah. Um, yeah. A bit of aggregation involved, basically a DEX aggregator as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like we don't have a DEX aggregator yet, yeah. but there is something coming in the future, which is very <laughs> exciting for our users. That's going to give, you know, kind of a very good price when they basically trade at Sushi. Okay, so you mentioned Optimism, Arbitrum. How many chains does Sushi support right now for this cross-chain swapping? I think for cross-chain swapping, Sushi supports seven chains. That is the number mm -hmm. of chains that Layer, Z, uh, Layer Zero and Stargate supports. But I think they're expanding to other chains as well. And mm -hmm. the best part is like, we are not just limited to that. We'll be integrating other bridges and you know, like the way Sushi uh, XSwap is created is like you can plug in different bridges as well. So if there is any specific bridge for a specific chain, we can do support it. And, you know, we can basically mix and match all this combo to deliver that to the user. So uh, DEX aggregation is also supported in the Sushi XSwap. Okay. So like I mentioned before, we did have the bridge on, which is doing something similar about, it's all about crushing swapping as well. And, you know, I think many of us recognize that multi-chain is the future, whether we like it or not, it's going to expand. There are going to be multiple chains. There are going to be multiple communities. And the biggest bet is on the integration, the infrastructure layer that connects all of them together. Mm -hmm. So how will Sushi stay competitive, you know, against other crushing swaps like our bridges, like the bridge and even Rune, you know, all these kind mm -hmm. of other protocols. Mm -hmm. Um, compete, I would say, no, we don't want to compete. We want to collaborate. 
<laughs> that's what he's best at doing so uh in fact like we already had conversation with uh, like a lot of different bridges uh mm-hmm. in fact like the bridge would be one of our future integrations uh they're moving towards a new model of you know using native instead of uh, i think the wrapped one so we're waiting for them to kind of shift that and they do so the other bridge i was talking about was actually the bridge with the support the bridge and call functionality mm-hmm. right uh so for swaps we need bridge and call functionality so stargate dbridge is going to be the next like we already integrated stargate and dbridge is going to be our next uh we are also in talks with like other top uh bridges such as you know kind of hop and you know uh, mm-hmm. other uh, a hyphen for sure so uh, again like we we will be aggregating these as well uh so like we probably don't want to aggregate like all the bridges out there because yep. we are careful about some security considerations and uh, i'm pretty sure half of them would just get hacked in future so <laughs> we we are just looking at you know a good coverage of the top bridges which gives us more than like uh, 80 to 90% and you know uh, i yep. think like most time when you look at these bridge aggregators that we have uh, people are gonna just use uh, you know these two or three or four a top bridge oh we are also in talks with multi chain so that's a huge bridge mm-hmm. again right so we're just in uh, kind of you know integrating the top ones which are actually uh, working with us and we are in the beta programs for the bridge and call functionality and what i also see is like people like you know like would not go to this specific bridge so we do not actually compete with any bridge right we are mm-hmm. the one which enables more traffic towards these bridges so yep do you see a future where Dex, Dexes start building out their own native cross swaps, something like what Sushi is doing, and also conversely, do you see Bridges building their own Dexes in the future as well? Because from what I can tell, everyone is trying to service, is trying to expand the amount of, you know, cover the whole user journey as well. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting question. I definitely don't want Bridges to come into our area for <laughs> sure, but no, I'm just kidding. Like, see, the, the best part is like, uh, Bridges is like. is is a bit complex system to maintain right so mm-hmm. uh they they have people who are uh much more kind of you know uh research oriented on on that specific aspect whereas the defi and the dex uh is does require some other kind of research that has to be done to stay mm-hmm. innovative and competitive right on that space uh what but what i would see is uh let's say like bridges would basically you know move towards getting the kind of you know best price or getting the best security in the in the industry and we would have like you know uh build apps like sushi uh, xwap and there are other apps in our pipeline which would be basically directly using them so it's just like a symbiotic relationship between us mm-hmm. and uh it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense for us to basically you know do each other's work uh yeah. but yeah obviously if somebody wants to do yeah sure good luck obviously the larger narrative is as i said before multi chain and you know i just want to ask from your perspective what really excites you about the multi chain verse and you know what happens when all chains are seamlessly integrated internally we joke about you know uh if i'm not sure if you have seen the spiderman new version i think it's called multiverse of madness something yeah this called, yeah the uh, doctor strange one <laughs> yeah doctor said sorry not spider man i'm sorry for that probably people going to kill me for it uh but uh, we we call it like multi chain of madness uh mm-hmm. because while building these cross chain apps you have to think about a lot of stuff and sometimes it's just all madness with all these different chains talking towards each other so it's it looks mm-hmm. really really good interconnected web 
that happens uh like to start with like uh the next uh, thing that we're going to roll out probably like uh, in 2 to 3 weeks is sushi 2.0 ui uh that we mm-hmm. uh, call it i'm not sure if uh, we do have a marketing name for it but we just call it like sushi 2.0 ui as of now uh yeah. it's like a phase rollout of a multi chain experience uh for creating multi chain first apps so like we had the paradigm of mobile first apps right like hey create mm-hmm. your app uh, mobile first create your website mobile first so i think like we would see more and more apps being multi chain first um mm-hmm. so coming back to how the ui would look like so right now i'm pretty sure you would be also annoyed with uh, going to you know these like say apps like sushi or other apps which are you know kind of like multi chain and mm-hmm. you click on farms you see a set of farms on a particular chain you have to kind of go and shift chain and then again <laughs> see all those farms go shift to different chain see all those farms <laughs> and you know kind of like sort it what if i tell mm-hmm. you that this is going to change and all the opportunities uh, inside sushi across all the sushi products would be just displayed on a single chain so when you go look at sushi farms and onsen uh, you would you would see all the opportunities that sushi has on these different chains in just mm-hmm. one single page so you can you know see like uh, this is on yep. ethereum and you can basically like sort so it's also better visibility for other chains if they actually offer uh, good and competitive farm rewar- farming rewards right because now they can actually come on top of uh, like say ethereum and like say if you're on top of that people would want to bridge mm-hmm. from a uh, different chain and you know be in yours to kind of you know uh, farm and you know like make money whatever but uh, the thing is like so this is the first phase where sushi would basically allow users to see the a multi chain view of the entire ecosystem in the phase 2 you will be directly uh, be able to lp into this multi chain uh, opportunities so let's say if you have an lp on one chain just with a single click you could basically teleport that position onto uh, another lp on some another chain uh, mm-hmm. and for you it's just you know like a uh switch lp kind of a thing but underlying it basically does uh, you know quite a bit of work of you know swapping the assets bridging going there mm-hmm. investing and you know again putting up into the farms and same way with like say uh, kashi which is our lending and borrowing protocol let's say yep. if you could see that oh, the other chain has a better lending you could just basically uh click on uh, you know like select the chain uh Uh, put the amount and click on invest and it's automatically going to swap bridge and invest for you mm-hmm. uh, so you don't have to go to these ugly bridges websites and kind of you know uh, bridge from there everything would be directly built into the sushi ui itself so the experience of the users would be uh, much more uh, enhanced because now they they don't see uh, it as isolated apps they see this as a unified app itself where for them it's just like one click to go on yep. these different yeah i totally get it you know that sounds amazing uh especially for farming <laughs> thinking <laughs> you know it is kind of high like how the internet has developed right you know we abstract all the nitty gritty the uh, boring infrastructure that the users don't need to care about all they need to know about is okay you type in this url you go here that's all they need to know and for crypto for web3 you know they're still building that right now and that's what multi chain is really is about which brings me to my point my next point and you know we talk a lot about the positives but uh what about the repercussions you know 
I think the biggest consideration for crypto is, oh, it's very composable. Yes, that's true. But, you know, when one block falls, the whole Jenga tower falls. And <laughs> isn't that, is that a concern? You know, when everything is seamlessly integrated, what happens if one chain is suddenly double spending? Uh, could this mm -hmm. affect the other chains as well? Because everything's integrated. Yep. Firstly, answer this in the aspect of Sushi. So mm -hmm. Sushi is actually not exposed to any kind of bridge hacks uh, for yep. that matter, yep. because Sushi doesn't offer liquidity uh, to these bridges, which is the most, uh, you know, kind of uh, most exposed aspect of it, right? Yep. So uh, we do have like a momentary risk for the user, but that is just limited to the amount that he's bridging, right? And that's obviously like very, very momentary that you can't even like, you know, uh, take it out. Yep. So that's something that will always be there, but uh, users are still not exposed to the kind of risk that uh, an LP into the bridge has. Uh, yeah. so, and again, the, the updates we talked about, like they also are not kind of, you know, one level with this. So at sushi side, like we're, we're good, but coming on to the bridge side, like, you know, that there are, uh, I would say like, there are a lot of different kinds of way the cross chain communication, the bridges happen, right? Uh, each of the methods have their pros and cons. And I think like currently people are still figuring it out on, you know, like what works best. Uh, but I feel like there are a lot of smart people working in this industry. Uh, like for one example, like one of the reasons why I like uh, layer zero is because of their pre-crime functionality. So pre-crime is basically, let's say if you're bridging something or doing a communication and you can basically set invariance. And if, if those fails, uh, you could basically, you know, like look at it and stop bridging at that point. So it basically mm -hmm. gives you kind of, you know, like a safety net. Uh, yeah. that if anything goes, anything, uh, you know, kind of like, uh, goes wrong, you can be still protected, but obviously it is as good as the invariance that you write to protect. Right. So it's, it's not like anything is not a silver bullet in this case, but it's just like having more, uh, safety nets to make sure yeah. like if things fail, we have like kind of, um, you know, um, uh, kind of like safety measures to and mitigate and, you know, control them. The other part is like the library approach. So uh, I, I personally feel that upgrades in the bridges shouldn't be forced. And this is the larger question of, oh, should things be automatically upgraded if there's a bug or should protocols choose? So I think like uh, the, the larger question should be like the upgrade should be opt-in uh, and, you know, like mm -hmm. the users should uh, be able to choose. That's what I basically mean is like, you know, uh, if, if I work like for Sushi, if like say, uh, a version of Stargate works perfectly fine for me, I should have the option to, you know, just, just stick on that. And mm -hmm. obviously, like if they have a newer version, which is better, uh, the liquidity would move. And when I have like, say, sufficient confidence, I could just shift towards that. Uh, so mm -hmm. we also see like this kind of paradigm also going up. So the, in the recent hack, right, like Nomad had like an yeah. kind of, you know, an upgrade, which led to a bug. So which basically like forced everyone to be vulnerable to that bug, even if you don't want it to be, right? Uh, if you don't want that functionality, you're still forced to use that. So I think like giving an option to the people who are kind of interacting with these bridges to see which version they want to be in. And obviously there could be like some special kind of upgrades or libraries that you could plug in. And in case of any bug, it's like, you know, kind of like forces you, but in any kinds of, you know, a fancy mm -hmm. feature upgrade, the users uh, or the builders on top of these bridges should uh, kind of, you know, manually go to that when they feel comfortable. Uh, really cool point that you brought up, which I've never realized, but yeah, it makes a lot of sense. 
Uh, I mean, the, the easiest example is obviously Uniswap. They're all separate protocols, essentially Uniswap V2, Uniswap V3. And till today, you know, a lot of people still use Uniswap V2. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about it. I would say that <laughs> we have true. Sushi Legacy and Trident. So these yeah, are Yeah, exactly. As I'm well, Sushi as well. You like a <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what are Sushi's long-term plans for the future? You know, you talk a lot about your products. You kind of gave some hints about the Sushi UI, stuff like that. Uh, any kind of hints that you can give us or, you know, show and tells? Yeah, you mean alphas, right? So Yeah, like, essentially alphas. Uh, so for Sushi, right? It's like any flourishing country, uh, has their own problems, right? So we had few issues uh, in the past regarding the DAO and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, we have yeah. a country's economic policies for a DAO that's their tokenomics, right? So we are working towards uh, enhancing that uh, and making it much more better in the future. Uh, then we do have like a product stack which is coming up, uh, which is a lot cross-chain focused. Right. So before this, we were kind of, you know, like using bridges and, you know, allowing users to see that multi-gen experience. And in the future, mm -hmm. we would be building cross-chain apps directly that would allow users to take advantage of cross-chain communication uh, to have better, uh, you know, like capital efficiency, mm -hmm. uh, better uni uniformity, and it will be a, like a unified experience. Uh, on the short term, we have like newer uh, Trident pools coming out. Uh, we have like a few new products launching such as, you know, there will be also like an open MEV router, which will be launched. Uh, so th the main idea is to like, you know, add more DeFi Legos to our list and give users the best experience possible and hence contributing back to the ecosystem. Uh, I'm not sure how much alpha should I give, uh, but a lot of our new stuff is going to be crossing for sure. And that does mean like, you know, uh, it's not that we're just YOLOing and we're just actually testing everything in production. We yep. do have uh, things built and we have still not released it because we are still working on a way that uh, we can have a lot security considerations, guarantees and mitigations available in case of things go wrong at cross-chain, which we have seen happens a lot. All right. I mean, that is more than enough. I think uh, everyone should have a rough idea where Sushi is headed and you know where the focus is. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Sarang. And yeah, glad to have you on the show. Yep, thanks for having me. It was amazing talking to you. All right, that wraps up the show. Thank you for listening to the CoinGecko podcast with Bobby. If you like our show and want to know more, check out podcast.coingecko.com or please leave us a review on iTunes. If you have any feedback, do drop us an email at hello at coingecko.com. Join us for more next week. See ya! This podcast is provided as part of the overall information on cryptocurrency contained on our website, is for your general information only, and does not, howsoever, constitute any endorsement, financial or investment advice, nor any solicitation or offer of securities or other financial instruments. CoinGecko and the podcast presenter makes no warranties, implied or expressed, of any kind in relation to this podcast, including, without limitation, the accuracy and updatedness of its content. All opinions and recommendations therein the podcast are based on the personal opinion of the presenter. Please conduct your own research and procure professional advice should you, at your own risk, decide to howsoever invest or trade in relation to the content contained in the podcast.